Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. And today we are joined again um, by a a returning guest. Um, We have Sci-Fi Japan and Bay Area Film Events' Bob Johnson. Um, He uh, is uh, about to uh, have two... Tokusatsu movie festivals at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco. First is Ultra Fest coming up on July 21st. That lasts through July 23rd. And then in August, he has uh, Godzilla Fest coming back. That is August 18th through August 20th. And um, we are here today with Bob to talk about those events and uh, anything else going on in the realm of kaiju. Um, so, Bob, welcome back. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having yep. me on again. Yep, it's always a pleasure. Um, so, uh, um, the last time we had you on, I believe it was right before the 2021 Godzilla Fest, which uh, I think you wow. were kind of, um, uh, you know, these events were kind of just starting to pick up, um, you know, right after uh, uh, the COVID outbreak. Um, and you also did one last year. Um how have the fests been going um, with, uh, you know, uh, I guess in, in, the, in the, you know, modern pandemic world? You know, they've been going well, uh, considering there's still a lot of people that are just afraid to leave their houses. Right. Um, but, you know, they can wear masks or whatever they want to mm-hmm. do. But for the most part, um, they, they're doing well. You know, we've had other events here, not that we put on, but, you know, just I've attended, like, there's a big San Jose toy show, things like that. And they seem to be getting big, bigger crowds and, you know, bare faces. So I think people are getting a little more confident going out. We'll find out on these two. This is the first time we did an Ultra Fest. We actually did an Ultraman show back in 2005 over the Castro Theater in San Francisco. And that was huge. And for some reason, we haven't done one since. So, hmm. uh, But basically, the, the Ultrafest is taking place at the Four Star Theater in San Francisco, which is owned by the same people that own the uh, Balboa. And uh, it was just recently reopened. And the owner, Adam Bergeron, basically wanted to kick off, open the theater with Ultraman. I thought, yeah, that would be great. But then it took so long to negotiate the show and finally get the okays and the approvals and everything else that it got pushed. And it's not, you know, the theater opened like in January and we were doing this in July. But 
um, that also mm. pushed it like within a month of Godzilla Fest. So we don't usually try to do shows that close together, yeah. but uh, as it so happens that that's the way it goes. So we've been kind of planning both simultaneously. Since the first Godzilla Fest and then comparing that to like setting everything up now, has anything changed drastically for you and how you've gone about negotiations or working with the theater as they probably have shut down and been reopened? Has anything changed? Yeah, well, not really. I mean, we kind of picked up where we left off as far as, you know, our agreement with the theater and, and how we work with them. Um, our first Godzilla Fest was actually 2004 at the Castro Theater mm-hmm. for the 50th anniversary. And that was huge. We haven't done a show that big since because we almost killed ourselves. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we had, God, we had 21 films over seven days. And we had Jerry Ito yep. from L.A. We had Ed Keen. We found him in Wandering the Streets of San Francisco. Uh, we had... Uh, Hiroshi Koizumi, we had Sutomu Kitagawa, we had Akira Kubo, we had Russ Tamlin. Uh, we just kind of went a, all yeah. out in that one. <laughs> That's and, a great yeah, lineup. You know, because you basically start these things at the crack of dawn and you don't get out until, you know, close to midnight. Uh, by the time you get everything set up, get everything torn down, get everything put away, then uh, ready for the next day, then. Uh, so yeah, it was just like seven grueling days in a row. Now we kind of, we try to keep them into like a weekend. Uh, we were doing the Bow Theater in San Leandro for a little while, and that was like Godzilla night. It would be like one night, one or two movies, and call it good. But when we started working with the Balboa, then Adam was excited, and he had two screens there, and so we've got two screens going simultaneously for three days. Uh, the nice thing about Ultrafest is there's only one screen in the theater, so you don't have to choose between mm. movies. It's like, okay, this is movies are playing here, go see it now. But it used to be a two screen theater, and uh, when they remodeled it, they pulled one screen out and made that like an art gallery. So that's where we're going to put the vendors, and uh, we'll have some, some classic Ultraman posters on display and things like that. So, uh, should be really should be pretty cool. Okay. Should be pretty impressive when you walk in the door. I've got this uh, Ultraman standee behind me. Um, I think I bought like seven different ones. <laughs> I'll be standing, you know, cardboard cutout standees. I'll be standing all over the theater, and that's awesome. Yeah, so it'll be cool. And we do have a guest. We've got Dory Krause who played uh, Jack Shindo in Ultraman: yep. Where's the Future. So. Uh, that should be cool. You know, it's funny because Ultraman Towards the Future, I don't know if you guys know the background. You know, it was made in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the distributor basically gave it to TV stations for free. <laughs> and he had his, they had their own built-in commercials. And then they left commercial time open for the local channels to put in whatever they want. So it was real, real easy filler for a lot of these TV stations. So it played a lot. In fact, here in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, it played on Channel 44, 4.30 a.m., two episodes back-to-back, Monday through Friday for a year. 
Now, if you think, this series only had 12 episodes. Mm. So, you know, every, <laughs> yeah, they're, every, every six weeks they're going days, through this. You're, you're seeing the same episodes again. Yeah. You've been showing them back to back, and it's just, it was crazy. But uh, definitely gave it a lot of exposure for people who were up at 4.30 in the morning, that is. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like the toys and stuff for that show. Uh, yeah. But like I and I knew that it existed, um, but I don't remember ever like actually seeing it on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never saw it. I do have. I actually have Bogan on my shelf over there from one of the. There you go. Yeah, I actually found two of the monsters: Bogan and another one at a old antique toy sh- toy uh, yep. store in Alameda last week so oh wow yeah Dory Krause, they, they were in the box unopened so that's sweet i'm gonna have Dory to sign both and we're gonna give them away as prizes so there's a local flea market here i live in the cincinnati area and um mm-hmm. they, one of them had like a toy vendor thing and they just they actually they have they had a bunch of ultraman stuff so i picked that one up but um so i i know i'm gonna jump ahead if that's okay bird because we yeah, covered some of the stuff <laughs> um so We've talked with you about Godzilla quite a bit, so focusing kind of on Ultraman because you've already gone there. Um, just wanted to ask your background and how you first became a fan of Ultraman. Let's just start there. Well, interestingly enough, I would tell people it's like I, I was like uh, I'm an old guy, so I was watching Ultraman in 60, 1967 here in the Bay Area, and everybody keeps telling me, "No, no, it never showed until the seventies. You know, it ran in the seventies." And so um, I had a friend of mine had a bunch of old TV guides. And I told him, well, do you have one from 1967? He goes, yeah. Okay, go back to like September of 1967. Look at Channel 20 at 4.30 in the afternoon and tell me what's there. And he emailed me the the page and it said Ultraman, 4.30, Channel 20. So, yes, it started... I don't know if it played anywhere else in the country, but it definitely started in the San Francisco Bay Area in 1967. So I think I started watching Ultraman even before I watched Godzilla or any of the other shows. So I always had a soft spot in my heart. And uh, I just, I would watch it. And then I think I was around 16, 17 when I went out to San Francisco's Japantown for the first time. And I knew, you know, everything about Ultraman, I thought. Then when I went out there and I saw these books and posters, it's like, holy crap, there's a bunch of Ultramans. <laughs> so that's when I kind of, like, discovered that there was a whole world or universe. At the time, it went up to Ultraman Tarot. But, um, yeah, so then I had to, like, figure out how am I going to see all these. And back then it was like you would... You get issues of like Uchusen magazine. Yep. Yeah. Or you would get like, uh, you know, one of the anime magazines. And in the back, they'd have Japanese people looking for pen pals. And so they'd have their address in English in the back of the book. And then you would like write them a letter <laughs> and say, hey, you know, I'd like to correspond with you. And I'm, I'm looking to get some uh, TV shows and things. And yeah, you literally, I would be taping anything from the $6 million man to Star Trek episodes to whatever, 
send them in all, put them in a big box, send them all over to Japan, and then a big box would arrive in the mail, and there'd be episodes of Return of Ultraman or Iron Man, <laughs> That's or, awesome. you know, whatever, you know, Captain Harlock, you know, whatever. They, you know, some of them would just tape an evening of Japanese TV, mm-hmm. so you get like two hours of whatever was on that night, and uh, you know. So you'd get anything from, you know, a Sentai show to a Kamen Rider to an Ultraman to whatever. And then, um, you know, obviously, as time marched on, the Internet came around and things got a little easier. And uh, companies started releasing some of this stuff over here. So Yeah. I mean, it was nothing like it is now where you can go out and buy any of the shows on Mill Creek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that. It's like, yeah, it was you had to fight for it back then. Yeah, I am 38, so... Same. When, yeah, so... Youngins! <laughs> starting to not feel so young, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I my first exposure... I was lucky enough as, like... I mean, we're talking second, third grade. I was lucky enough very early in life to, you know, get acquainted with, you know, the, the VHS uh, bootleg circuit of the 90s. Um, and, uh, so, so that's how I was able to see a lot of this stuff, but, but yeah, now, I mean, um, they're so easy to find, whether it's, you know, the Mill Creek, uh, Blu-rays or, um, you know, uh, you go on Tubi or, uh, you know, other, other streaming, uh, platforms and there's like an entire menu of Ultraman and right. and and Super Sentai and Common Rider and you know with subtitles I mean were were you oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah were you con- <laughs> I mean were you you were you must have just been just content with watching these shows without any translation and I don't know did did you ever get your pen pals to like I don't know maybe try to give you like an episode summary or what the heck uh, is going on here well you know if you want to you got to admit, I mean, the stories aren't that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, it's true. Got to figure out like why is yeah. go why is Hideki go smacking people around in every episode of Return of Ultraman? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because we used to also trade with there was an organization called the Cartoon Fantasy Organization, and they had chapters all around the country. And uh, they kept trying to get us to start one up here, and we didn't want to be organized, so we just <laughs> traded tapes with them. But um, I had gotten the Gatchaman movie mm-hmm. on yep. Betamax. And this thing, as you know, if you traded tapes back then, every time you make a copy, it looks worse and worse. And yeah. worse. So this was probably like a ninth-generation copy of the Gatchaman movie with glitches and flagging at the top and you name it, no subtitles. And we'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah. And then it was like, I don't know, a few years ago I was in fries and there on the shelf was the Gatchman movie on Blu-ray. I was just sitting there like, Oh, yeah. So I was like, damn, I got to buy that. So yeah, that was like a religious experience, experience watching that thing after watching it on a ninth generation Betamax tape for decades. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you would trade with someone in Japan and they'd record something right direct off the TV and send it to you, that was like the best quality you could get. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, they'd have all the commercials in there and everything, which 
sometimes was a good thing because they had some really cool toy commercials and things. Uh, or they'd have like trailers for like one of the Godzilla films was coming out at that time or whatever. And so that's cool. So yeah, it was definitely cool. I still have some of those. I keep saying I need to go in and dig out all those commercials and transfer them on to something. But yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, you mentioned Gachaman, but were there any other franchises, Common Rider, Super Sentai, anything else you were into? Well, that's the thing. Back then, we were trying to tell people there's more than a dozen Godzilla films. There was only like a dozen of those back then. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would watch just about anything. I mean, I'm I'm not into the modern anime of today for the most part. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we would watch like Mazinga Z, Great Mazinga, Raideen, Loop on the Third, Captain Harlock, Yamato. And on TV here, I mean, you had Star Blazers and Battle of the Planets and uh, Voltron and Robotech and all those. And it would prompt us to go and check out the originals. You know, okay, what? Well, I know they're cutting violence out of these things or they're changing things around. So let's go back and find the originals. You know, maybe they're stripping the soundtrack off of there and putting some other music on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, all that. And then, you know, as far as the live action, definitely Kamen Rider, Sentai series, the Metal Hero series, like Space Sheriff Gavan, Shari Van, mm-hmm. uh, Shider, uh, Just Beyond, all those. And then just, God, you know, Toei just was just churning stuff out like crazy. So things like Lion Maru or, you know, whatever, we just, Kikaida was big. Kikaida actually showed here uh, Channel 20 after they kind of left the syndicated realm where we saw Ultraman. They became a foreign language channel. And Sunday nights, there was Japanese programming. So when I first discovered it, it was Kikaida, and then after that was Goranja, and then they showed things like, um, I think the final thing they showed was Captain Harlock, but they did show Raideen, and they did show uh, a couple other shows, and they were all subtitled by uh, Kiku TV in Hawaii. Hmm. Yeah. Which, uh, which is now, I guess they're closing up, but they were a generation Kikaida. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm... There's another channel, Channel 26, would show an oddball, like Kataiga and things like that at the time. So, yeah, I would definitely eat that stuff up like crazy. And uh, it's funny because my family's big into Transformers. Mm. We had to go see the new Transformers movie and all that. <laughs> and they were, didn't you grow up with Transformers? I'm like, no. Uh, when Transformers were on, we, we considered that the cheap imitation. We were watching, you know, like the Zinger Z and stuff. It's like... We didn't have time for, for Transformers or GoBots. It was, you know, yeah. doing the guy robots and stuff. Have you, um, do you make, I mean, I know you said you're not so into um, modern anime stuff, but um, as far as, uh, you know, um, Ultraman, Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, the, the tokusatsu stuff, do you make an effort to keep up with those franchises as they, you know, have a new show every year and all There's that so stuff. much of it i do keep up with ultraman uh and now it's much easier now that uh youtube they have the ultraman channel and then yep. they show like ultraman blazer starts yep this coming weekend 
and uh yeah you can watch the new episodes every single week so you know it's usually like on the weekend i'll be sitting there eating lunch and all right pop on an ultraman um common rider i think i kind of dropped off after 555 okay and uh not that i i do own series past that mm-hmm. and not that i i wouldn't want to but you know it's just trying to find the time yeah. Same with Sentai. You know, Sentai stuff I kind of dropped off years ago. Although I've been getting all the uh, Shout Factory mm. boxes. Yeah. You know, someday when I retire and I've got all the time in the world, then I can. Yep, you can fi- finally catch up. It's, <laughs> it is hard to keep up, honestly. I have. Uh, I started Just Beyond and I watched a couple episodes with my son and he loved mm-hmm. it and it was a lot of fun. But it's just like between that and all the Mill Creek stuff, I, I can't. It's it's yeah, difficult. Yeah, I, I watched the whole episode, the whole series of Just Beyond on VHS, no subtitles, long time ago. So I really liked it. So it's cool to have it. And you know, and they did release Gavan and Sharivan, and yeah, there's some other series that have come out that it's like okay, you know, Kamen Rider Black and yeah. Black RX and things. It's like all right, yeah, I got to go back and check some of these things out. I just got done. I usually. When I'm at work, if I'm not out on a job during lunch, I'll I've got a little portable Blu-ray player. I'll sit there and watch, binge through some stuff. I just got done with Gutchman two, and uh, I've got I've got Ultraman Towards the Future like stuffed in there because I haven't <laughs> seen it in a long time. And Dory Cross is like, yeah, so I'm gonna have to know what the hell I'm talking about when I talk to him. <laughs> Although I don't think he's seen it since back then. <laughs> he probably right. doesn't. Yeah, I would say yeah. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. Um, we got to ask, what did you think about Chin Ultraman? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, Barry Evans, and I think between Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Common Rider. We both agreed Shin Kamen Rider is like the best of the three. Okay. Yeah, in our opinion, anyway. And yeah, I, um, uh, I haven't seen Shin Kamen Rider yet. I, I may have fallen mm-hmm. asleep. That I came home from work and fell. I had my ticket bought. I fell asleep. We have yeah. a, uh, I have a five month old at home. And I just like, I was like, I'm so tired. I can't even go. But luckily, it's going to be streaming on Amazon like in the next, what, three weeks? Yeah, the 21st, anyway. I think. Yeah, yeah well, I'm glad we- you. I saw it at one of those Fathom events they had. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What, what about that do you think uh, made, of, of the, the Shin reboots, um, what, what about that one um, did you feel like was either an improvement over the others or, well, or stood out yeah, in a I, way I, I that... Kinda skir- I kind of skirted the Shin Ultraman question. Yeah. <laughs> kind of going back to Shin Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, I'll take them into progression. Like Shin Godzilla, you know, Keith and I went down to the big premiere down in Century City mm-hmm. in L.A. and uh, watched it there. And I think I've watched Shin Godzilla maybe five times. I think I slept through it like three. <laughs> yeah, so that's just, fair. <laughs> just so much meetings and talking and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I, I like the fact that they took Godzilla and did a totally different concept with him. Mm-hmm. But just the scenes that surround him are just so talkative now shin ultraman when i watch that it's like it, you know if you've seen the original ultraman mm-hmm. you know the monsters you know the aliens you know their storyline you pretty much know what's coming up because they didn't change aside from making zeton a huge cannon uh, from space 
uh, they didn't really change anything. So it's like, okay, here's Zerab. He's going to disguise himself as Ultraman, and then he's going to get mm-hmm. defeated. Here's Memphilos. He's going to try to take over the world, and you know he's going to fight Ultraman to a draw. And you know, so there was really nothing surprising. I mean, it was well done. The effects were great. I love the fact that they brought uh, Ben Furia back to do the mm-hmm. CG for Ultraman. Um, the music, I had this friend of mine, Tony Del Grosso, gave me the soundtrack, and I played the hell out of that because I thought, oh, man, this is great. So, But it was, like I say, it was kind of like a best of type of movie. A Kamen Rider, Shin Kamen Rider was like totally different. I mean, yes, it has some of the monsters that were from the original series and that, but uh, they did a new storyline, new characters. It was all just, I, th- I thought it flowed really well, and I thought the action was great. Got a little gory here and there, but, you know. That's, that's okay. <laughs> some of the newer Kamen Rider stuff, like, uh, you know. Oh, it, yeah, some of the new shows are very. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah very I liked Black Sun a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to mention that because, yeah. Yeah, that's the closest thing I think you'll get to Shin Kamen Rider. Yeah. Before you see that's, that. Yeah. I like No, I, like would, I would definitely recommend Black Sun. Uh, yeah, we like that as well. I was like a total fanboy nerd during the last episode where they recreated the Kamen Rider Black opening. Right, with the song and everything. Using, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the yeah song that was cool. Using uh, Black Sun and all that. And it was just like, okay, this is... My wife was wondering, what the hell is he doing? He's like jumping around. <laughs> I had to like sit there on YouTube and pull up the Kamen Rider Black opening. Look, look at this. Look what they did. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I just really en- just sitting there and enjoying a film. That one I enjoyed the best of the three. Okay. Um, as an old school, well, speaking of Kamen Rider and Ultraman, um, as yeah. an old school fan of uh, both of those, what would you say uh, is maybe like your favorite series from like each era of Ultraman and Kamen Rider? Wow. Okay. Um, well, obviously, I love the original Ultraman. Well, yeah, I should I, I should put a caveat in like, saying you can't say Ultra Q, yeah. Ultraman, or Ultra Seven because <laughs> well, yeah, most I mean, people are going to pick one of those. I think that's just like you know, it's funny because I'm in like this classic TV group on facebook and everyone's well they say you know what's what's the best series ever made and you know people are sitting there saying oh mash or cheers or you know whatever and i post a gif of ultraman every time <laughs> there you go grace gary show ever made but uh I, ultra seven is excellent ultra q of course started the whole thing yeah. um i have to i have a soft spot for ultraman 80 okay I think that was one one of the first ones I started getting episodes of. I had, there was a guy Joe Ragus in uh, New York, and he sent me an episode of uh, Ultra Return of Ultraman. So I was kind of the first non-original Ultraman thing I ever saw, and then uh, I started trading with someone for Ultraman eighties, and so yeah, I always always liked that one. Um, moving on in the generations, I thought. Tiga Dina Gaia, I thought that was just a great trilogy. Mm. I don't know, Cosmos was kind of stuck at the end there, but um, but I really like Ultraman Tiga. And uh, and Gaia, I thought Gaia was really kind of the best of the three. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. 
especially even the uh, the fact that at the end, spoiler alert, you had like uh, the Earth monsters going up against the space monsters to you know protect the planet and all that. Um, and then you know getting into the new stuff, it's kind of hard because a lot of them are kind of like half hour toy commercials, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, but I did enjoy Ultraman Jeed. Uh, Ultraman Orb was good. Um, Ultraman Z had some good, good parts to it. Um, so yeah, I mean that would that would pretty much cover Ultraman. Common Rider, I re- I like the original. V three is a big favorite. Um, Amazon as well. Um, you know, and then getting newer, you know, Common Rider Black, I thought was great, and then. Like I say, I kind of started tailing off, but uh, I really liked uh, Kuga. Mm. Yeah, that's like the big favorite. Yeah, and I really liked uh, Ryuki, which came over here as uh, Kamen Rider Dragon Knight. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Steve Wang did that series. Um, And so, yeah, and then, you know, like I say, at that point, with Aguido and Blade and 555, that's kind of when I tail off mm. until I retire and start binging again. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, can both of you hear me okay? I'm having some... I hear you fine. ...audio, video... Okay. I don't yeah, know. I my, my Skype... I thought, like, I thought you dropped off your okay. Yeah, my uh, both of you were frozen and blurry, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, anyway, no, you sound fine. Uh, finally, uh, on to UltraFest. So we talked about all the background <laughs> and the shows and everything. Yeah. Um, can you just walk us through the the screening lineup and tell us about the special guests, which you've already kind of talked about, but we well, just kind of love to hear what you have planned. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you about a special guest we almost had. <laughs> I'll do that as I kind of go through. So I've got the listing here, and I had just. It was, I mean, Subaraya, even though it took a long time to get this thing together, they've been great to work with. And they've been basically going over the top to help us get content. Because they just said, what do you want to show? I sent a big old list, and then they kind of said, well, we have to narrow it down. We want everything to be on Blu-ray or 4K or whatever. So, you know, we have to narrow this down. So what we're doing is uh, Friday night, kicks off, 7 o'clock. We're going to kick it off with Ultra Q Episode 1, because that's where everything started. Yep. Uh, we're going to follow that with, we have, we're doing like, the I think it's the West Coast premiere or Western United States premiere of a 1966 Ultraman compilation film. And this is like four or five episodes that were redone in 4K. And from what I hear, they look beautiful on the big screen. The 60s colors just pop. And all the episodes were actually chosen by Hideki Anno. Oh, wow. Who basically was in charge of all those Shin films we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're doing that, and then... The one thing I noticed, I won't tell you what episodes are in there, let everybody be surprised, but I did notice there's no Balton in this. 
you got to have Balton. So we're yep. going to show at the end of the night, we're going to show Ultraman episode 16, which was the second one uh, with the Baltons. And then uh, Saturday, we kick it off 11 a.m. with uh, Ultra 7 episode 3, which was the one with Ella King. And then we have a fairly um, rare screening of Ultraman The Adventure Begins. Now, this was the uh, Subaraya Hanna-Barbera mm, yep. co-produced yep. cartoon from, uh, I think it was like 82 or 3. And uh, we're going to show that. And it's going to be dubbed in English. So it's kind of the kitty matinee type of thing. And uh, then, let's see, 2 o'clock, uh, we kick off with Return of Ultraman, episode 18, which is the one with Bemstar. That's and a great one. Yeah. do a Dory Krause interview. And we'll be showing, and this took them a lot of time to find. They really had to go, kind of go down the rabbit hole. But we'll be showing Ultraman The Alien Invasion, which was like a compilation of the first five episodes of Ultraman Towards the Future. Mm. And uh, this will it'll be in English too, obviously, because that's how it was shot. Um, but it was kind of the first half of that series was like the Gudis threat. Right. And then the second half was all kind of individual episodes, individual stories. So this is the this is the movie that had, it basically covers the entire Gudis threat. Um, let's see, five o'clock on Saturday, we have Ultraman Ace episode thirteen. Now here's where we get sneaky. <laughs> uh, episode thirteen is part one of the Ace Killer episodes. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's one where the all the uh, Ultra Brothers get crucified, and it's up to Ace to to save them. So we're going to show episode thirteen with uh, the Superior Eight Ultra Brothers. And That's I, a good one. It's got it's got a much longer. It's like decisive battle, blah 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 blah. Superior Eight Ultra Brothers. And Takashiyagi, when he heard, I told him, hey, we're going to show your movie. He really wanted to come out, but he, unfortunately, same weekend, he's at um, Fant Asia up in Canada. Mm. So That would have been a good guest, yeah. He may be our guest next year. That'd be wonderful. It was funny, because I was like talking to him on Facebook, and uh, he's like, yeah, I really wanted to go. I'm really sorry. I can't go listen to those. Keep in touch, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, you'll have to come over and see the Monster Garage. He's like, you have the Monster Garage? I'm like, yeah, I must see the Monster Garage. (laughs) So we'll see. I'm over here for dinner or something. But uh, so, yeah, we'll be showing uh, Superior 8 Ultra Brothers. And then 8 o'clock, we're going to show Ultraman Ace episode 14, which is the second part of the uh, Ace Killer episodes. So you got to see both movies if you want to see both parts of, Ultra, of Ultraman Ace. And uh, following that will be Shin Ultraman. So we'll be showing that on Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, we kick off with uh, Ultraman Taro, episode 39, which uh, has the magma alien, and it also has uh, this bird-type monster, Roland. And the cool thing about that episode is the person who changes into Roland is played by Hiroko Sakurai, who played Fuji in the original Ultraman. And they also have Hayata, well, not Hayata, but they have Susumu Kurobe in that episode as well. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, I thought that would be a, a cool one to pick. And uh, so we'll show that. Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot, that was Ultraman Leo. No, Taro was with, was with Mochiron. That's... <laughs> That's so, a, yeah. That's if you're gonna do a Taro Mochi episode, Ron, that, that's yeah. that's the one to do. <laughs> you know, I love that episode. Like I say, when I when I first went to Japantown and I saw all these pictures of all these different Ultra Brothers, I always thought Taro looked the coolest. Loved the suit, and then I saw the series, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's one of the silliest Ultraman series you'll ever see. So it was kind of hard to pick a Taro episode. So I ended up I'll take Mochi Run. Um, so we'll show that and then we're going to show the Ultraman X movie and yeah, that's uh, a good one. that will be dubbed in English as well uh, my friend William Winkler uh, dubbed I think it was either three or four like he did the two Ginga movies Ginga and Ginga S and then he did um, Ultraman X and he also did I believe Ultraman Orb so we're going to show his dub on Sunday morning and then okay two o'clock Ultraman Leo episode 30, which I just described. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Mega Monster Battle. Um, that's, yeah, movie. that's a good one too. So, and, you know, Mega Monster Battle is really interesting because the main hero is Gomorrah from the original Ultraman. Mm. And so you have a monster as a hero. And, uh, you know, between us and the audience, Brad Warner told me one time when he was working over at Subaraya that he kept telling him, "Hey, why don't we do a series with Gomera and you know he'd be like Godzilla and he could be you know, <laughs> he could be the hero and fight all the monsters." And they're like, "No, no, no." After he left, it's like, "Oh, look." <laughs> I'm I'm honestly surprised they never. Yeah, they. Yeah. They. I mean, it's uh, cool I, because you get I the wish they would have done more for that because I think there's. Gomer is one of the best things out there for Ultraman. Well, he was always my favorite monster. And it's funny because when I had to go through and pick episodes, I had to pick eight episodes, and everyone I thought of, oh, I love Gamora, you know, or oh, I love King Joe, or whatever, you know, they were all two part episodes. And it's like, well, crap, I can't do that. <laughs> so I did pick the two parter for Ultraman Ace, but the rest had to be single episodes. Um, so, yeah, so. Ultraman X uh, and then Monster Mega Monster Battle and then 5 o'clock on Sunday we wrap it up with uh, an episode of Ultraman Orb well not an episode but the movie Ultraman Orb movie and I spent this whole last weekend editing clips together so before each show we'll have clips of Ultraman commercials and you know Subway safety videos and you know Ultra Brothers band and <laughs> you know Ultraman Hawaii tourist video you know just whatever crazy kooky stuff I could find to throw together for clips you know so it'd be about maybe eight or ten minutes of clips before each show nice so there'll be plenty of stuff there if people come in and you know. They know the original Ultraman because you used to watch it on TV years ago. But you got a whole universe to discover. Yep. If you're coming in and you watch everything and you're a big fan, well, you get to see it on the big screen. We'll have uh, plenty of prizes. Mill Creek is sending us, well, as of yesterday, they were going to send us 100, 120 DVDs and Blu-rays to give away for <laughs> the weekend. 
And then I said, hey, what, what about that, this new Ultraman versus uh, Red King video that you did? It's like the what they call the best right, yeah, yeah. The Red King from all the different series, uh, which Keith went through and picked. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, just send us some of those and we'll, you know, we'll push that. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. So we'll have the, all those. Uh, we'll have some Ultraman plush figures that are being sent. We also have uh, our, our parts that did the uh, Ultraman trading cards. Mm. They did a Ultraman Bolton, or not Ultraman, but, but the Ultraman, the Monster Bolton on a card, like a uh, exclusive for the show. So I have a little Bay Area Film Events logo. It's got Bolton on there. And uh, this art by Gaz Gretzky, who is one of the artists that's at almost every one of our shows. So that was cool. And uh, so basically they sent me like 500 of those. So pretty much everybody coming in the door is going to get one. Nice. And uh, we've got some other other things that hopefully we'll, we can give away. Uh, one thing we can't give away is uh, they sent us a, a rain spooner. Sent us a couple of Ultraman Hawaiian shirts that they just came out with. <laughs> These things are like $120 shirts. Oh my gosh. And uh, somehow I talked to him and, hey, can you send, you know, like some for our staff and we'll wear them and push them for the show? And they're like, oh, okay. So uh, they said okay to three, like really easy. So I keep thinking, ah, uh, I think I left <laughs> them on the table. I probably could have got more. But, um, but yeah, and then. Uh, was it Jade City does Ultraman and Godzilla like coffee mm. and hot sauce and things so uh, I think they're going to send some for uh, that they'll sell at the snack bar okay so they'll do they'll do that for Ultra Fest they'll probably do the same for uh, for Godzilla Fest as well um as far as uh, you know, the towards the future and um, the adventure begins. Um, I know those are. I know Mill Creek couldn't get those. Was was that uh, something that did that work any differently for you? Um, as far as uh, uh, you know, getting the the um, the okay to show those since they were co- had other companies involved well, or anything. Yeah, you know, it's weird because uh, I asked. You know, I, I think there's some kind of rights issue or something with towards the future. And the ultimate hero. They don't have that either. And uh, I said, look, can we show one of the compilation movies for, uh, for Ultraman Great? How they know him. Yeah. And uh, I go, because Dory Krause is our guest. We have to have something to show that he's in. And they went back and dug it up. And, <laughs> and said, okay, you can show it. And then um, the adventure begins. I was talking to this guy, DK, who was... Uh, the guy who was kind of coordinating uh, all the all the film stuff, and uh, he's like, "Hey, we got this Ultraman. The adventure begins. Can you show that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I go. It's a cartoon. We can put a matinee on, and we can, yeah, we can definitely show that." So uh, that was kind of like their idea or his idea, anyway. And it was funny because he he was like, "You know, we got this other show, Mighty Jack." Uh, I think maybe you could show it. Have you ever heard of that? You think you could show it? I'm like, well, we're trying to keep with Ultraman, but, you know, since he threw Matty Jack, I said, yeah, but, you know, maybe in the future, you know, we do this again, we can show some Star Wolf or Mirror Man or Jumbo Gaze or Kosai. You know, I just wanted to always show <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically saying that if this is a hit or if, at least if it does well, 
they'd like us to do it yearly like we do with Godzilla Fest. Okay. So, but we might push it back a little bit. I don't want to keep doing shows like a month apart. Right, right. Much work. Um, well, I, I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier you did the um, in the you know mid two thousands or whatever you did the the screening uh, for for the next. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, what um, for what what made you or uh, um, you know the other people you work with you know decide to to do an Ultraman fest um, this year? Well. Well, like I say, we did Godzilla Fest in 2004, and that thing was huge. In fact, uh, what was it? Saturday night, we had Hiroshi Koizumi, Jerry Ito, and Ed Keen, and we showed a double bill of Mothra and Tokyo SOS and had 950 people in the theater. So even the next night, it was like a Sunday night, we had Akira Kubo and we showed Son of Godzilla and Monster Zero and they, we had like 450 people in there. So it was like a big hit and uh, Subaraya basically reached out and said, hey, you think you could do that for Ultraman? And uh, so we agreed to do that. And like I say, at the time, yeah, Ultraman The Next was like the, the big new movie. So we did the San Francisco premiere and then built a show around it where we showed, like, I think we showed like Ultraman Tiga, Final Odyssey, and things like that. But, um, and we did show some episodes of stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, it went really well. But for whatever reason, we, uh, we didn't do another one. But, uh, we did have things like Ibanez, uh, made an Ultraman guitar. <laughs> they only made like 10 of them. And they were doing Ultraman the Next premieres in, I think it was New York, Dallas, one up in Canada, one down in L.A. So they gave one guitar away at each one. So that accounted for, I think, like five of the guitars. Okay. And then Ibanez kept one. So that's six. Subaraya kept one. That was seven. And then Brad Warner was working there at the time. He's like, Hey, you want one of the guitars? I can get you one for like three fifty. All right. So Brad got one, and I got one. I don't know where the tenth one went, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. I've got it sitting here in the monster garage. So I can't play guitar, but it's cool to look at. You can you can send it my way. I play guitar. You can't see it. I got my <laughs> guitars back there in the corner. Yeah, well, actually, the guy who won it at our show was in a band. And he's like, this is great. I'm, I'll play it tonight. You know, I got a gig over at such and such. But, um, but it was cool. The, the other sweet. thing with that show is Ibanez had made this 12-foot Ultraman statue. Basically, he was cut off at the knees, but from his knees to the top of his head, it was 12 feet tall. And he's in a weird position because he was holding the guitar. But uh, they had it down at the Egyptian Theater in L.A., for their premiere and then we had ours after them so they're like do you want this statue and I'm like okay so a friend Bob Bavon who does these shows with me he and I got in his work truck big old 24 footer drove down there picked it up from the uh, lobby area of the Egyptian and hauled it up here but um, I, I think it was cursed 
because <laughs> once we got out of the van or the truck, we went to we were going to spend the night at Keith's house when he lived in Culver City. And so I was driving the truck, and I pulled up in front of his house, and there was this big old branch hanging over and just clipped the corner of the box truck. It was like clipped off the corner. God dang it. And then we had borrowed a five-foot-tall Ultraman statue from Kimono, my house. And this was like one of, I don't know, 1,500 or something. And uh, Yuki, who had worked there, he was like so proud of it. So we had it standing up on the marquee. And first day was fine. We put it up on marquee. IDW, I think, sent us like a bunch of Ultraman comics. So we put a big box of Ultraman comics on the stand. He was up there on the marquee. The next day, one of the workers put him up there and forgot to put the comics on him. And he just did like a swan dive off the marquee when the wind hit him and uh, bounced off my truck and landed in the middle of Castro Street. Broke the eye shattered the stand yeah uh, so we ended up Subarai basically told me you can keep the 12 foot statue because we don't have a use for it and it costs us like 500 a month to store the thing so I'm like okay but I got nowhere to put it so we ended up giving it to Kimono my house you know here sorry for breaking your statue it was one of 1500 this is kind of cool one. take it yeah, <laughs> and it's still there. I went there like last weekend to drop off some cards and stuff, and it's still there. It's a little worse for wear, but it's still standing there. And it was actually the statue of Ultraman Great. And uh, somebody was like, "Hey, you want to uh, use a statue for the show?" I'm like, "No," because <laughs> <laughs> the other thing too, Kimono My House used to be like <laughs> on a on a rooftop of this one building in Emeryville. And they had Ultraman outside on the rooftop. You could see him from around the neighborhood. And I was doing this install job, audiovisual install during the day. I was doing an install job in Emeryville, and just everything that could go wrong with it went wrong with it. And I just, that was like the only time I ever kind of walked out on a job. I'm like, I, I can't do it. And I walked out of there. And as I walked out of the building, I looked up, and there's the statue. I swore he was laughing at me, so I was just like, <laughs> curse. So, I, so yeah, I have. We're not gonna take him over to the show or anything. But I have a follow-up, uh, just memorabilia question for you. Yeah. What is looking at all the stuff you have in your monster garage? You have like a most prized possession. Ultraman, or just in general? Just in general. Um. Well. For Godzilla, I've got this uh, one that's probably about 24 inches tall, maybe a little taller than that. And uh, it was a 1954 Godzilla, which uh, my friend Kevin D'Antonio did like a uh, silver screen paint job on it. So it's kind of painted black and white and grays. And that's like really cool. Uh, I like that. Just not just because it's Godzilla and it looks cool and it's big, but the fact that Brian Mine painted it and you know put all that work into it. Um, Ultraman wise, the Ultraman guitar is very cool. Um, I have a uh, somehow found on eBay uh, Ultraman book that was published in 1966 when the series was on, mm. and 
that was really cool. It's all kind of in black and white, but uh, that's really cool. They also had a set of photos from 66. Somebody outbid me on those. I don't know who it is. If they come to the show, I'm going to shake my fist at them. But, <laughs> uh, but I was able to get that. And then um, and Brad Warner actually, summer of 2020, he had to clear out his collection a little bit. And uh, he gave me a lot of his stuff. He's like, oh, I could either sell it off or I can give it to you and visit it once in a while. So um, one of the things he gave me, though, was a, a Japanese special effects book. And he had found it in Japan, like in a used bookstore. And he goes, look at the inside cover. And I opened it up. And it's autographed by Ishiro Honda. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's right up there. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it. So, um, so speaking of Ishiro Honda, let's transition to Godzilla Fest. Um, sure. So that's coming back in August. And what can you tell us about the how the programming is shaping is shaping up so far? Well, I'm I'm going day by day right now. Um, we're hoping, fingers crossed that our guest will be Sutomo Kitagawa, mm. the Godzilla suit actor from the 2000s. And uh, if that is the case, then we'll obviously be showing all his films, so like Godzilla 2000 and Megaguirus and the two Mechagodzilla films and Final Wars. And um, we're also going to, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Godzilla vs. Megalon, so we'll be showing Godzilla vs. Megalon. Uh, Kevin D'Antonio was able to get us a deal with uh, Titanic Productions. They, mm-hmm. they just did the uh, Gorgo figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they gave us a couple of those to give away. So we're going to show Gorgo on Saturday night and do a big That's thing. Cool. We can give those out. Um, it's also the 30th anniversary of uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 1993. Oh, jeez. So, I know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like it's like wait, it's an old, existential crisis. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be showing that, and uh, we'll be filling it in with some other stuff. But um, we're kind of waiting on Kitagawa. You know, if Kitagawa's not the guest, then we may mix things up a little bit and get some stuff. Um, usually, I have the the owner of the theater. He's got a a person that works for him that books all his movies. So I usually give them a list of films and let them go talk to Sony or Janice or whoever and, you know, and book the movies. So. Do you have, uh, it says on the website, uh, do you have Pacific Rim also? It, it, yeah. Kevin actually pointed out, hey, you know, it's the 10th anniversary of Pacific Rim. Uh, even year? that makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's show it. So, yeah, well. We'll do a thing for the 10th anniversary of Pacific Rim. Uh, you know, obviously I haven't seen it on the big screen since it first came out. And uh, my uh, my stepson, Michael, loves that movie, and he never saw it on the big screen. All right, well, there you go. Deep, the biggest screen he's seen That's it good, on is yeah. he watched it on this uh, six-foot screen I have in my back garage. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll hopefully uh, show that, make a big thing out of it. Nice. So um, 
uh, it's cool that you're doing though. It's cool you're doing uh, the the Mechagodzilla. Also, I've noticed. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or what, but I, I've noticed that uh, a lot of conventions and showings um, usually do the Showa movies. Sometimes there'll be like a you know they'll do like GMK or some. Doesn't seem yeah. like the Heisei movies get uh, uh, screened a lot. Um, I don't. Is that? Do you know why that might be the case? Uh, well, is it I mean, licensing, so, audience so interest? Is or? Everybody grew up on for the most part, and uh, a lot of their favorites are back from the Showa era. But you know, we do this thing every year. We've been doing it every year for like eleven years now. So yeah, <clears throat> we got to mix it up a little bit. And but, I, uh, I think at this point. Um, if like their streaming, if like the Criterion streaming channel is to be believed anyway, that uh, I think they have most of the Toho films at this point. Janus, I think Janus does. He has the Godzilla channel right now. Yeah, yeah. Seven Godzilla movies. Uh, yeah, I, I, so they're probably. I mean, I would imagine maybe those are all just going through. I think Janus has had a picked up uh, quite a bit. Well, yeah. I mean, when when Keith and I went down for the premiere of Shin Godzilla. The next morning, we went and met with Toho in their L.A. office, and they were telling us that they were very jealous of James Bond and Gamera. <laughs> that is... that is Because both of them had box sets of all their movies in one, one place, right? Whereas Godzilla, you know, Sony owns some, and at the time, Kraken owns a couple, and... Mm. Janice has some, and Universal has King Kong versus Godzilla for the rest of eternity. So they thought they had no way of putting all of Godzilla's films in a big box set, and they were really hurting. But basically, what they told us is that as the rights lapse from these different companies, they revert back to Toho, and Toho's given them to Janice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully the They'll all be under Janice. But like I say, King Kong vs. Godzilla, when Universal bought that back in the early 60s, they bought it outright. Yeah, yep. So Yeah, they got it forever. They own basically. that. Sony, well, Sony bought Columbia, so they own Mothra, H-Man, and Battle in Outer Space forever and ever. Yep. Um, all the others, you know, Sony seems to, for whatever reason, hang on to the ones they have, which is mostly... You know, Heisei and beyond. Yeah, except for Shin. But um, they seem to want to hang on to those, so I don't know how long those rights will go. Yeah. But, I but think, yeah, that uh, Criterion box set was the only way they could get everything was they had to negotiate with different studios to get everything. And that's why you're missing some of the English dubs and things. Yeah. Because like Kraken is like, well, we'll give you the Japanese version, but we're going to keep the dub. So when we release stuff, it you know it doesn't make our stuff obsolete, <laughs> right? So, um. and then the the Japanese version of King Kong vs Godzilla is on the extras disc. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that was like a whole was like that was like yeah, a they fiasco. Had <laughs> published all the regular discs, and that's the only place they had left to put it when they finally got the rights to it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the Janus channel uh, or Janus, the Criterion channel is starting to have more of the the '90s stuff. So I don't know if um, you know Sony is just letting certain stuff lapse or or what. Yeah, I, think. I think they kind of sublease. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, as far going back to you know, what we've been showing, we did show the hell out of the show series. Yep. And then, you know, Heisei kind of got spread out over different shows. Like, oh, let's show, you know, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, or hey, we can get Biolante, let's show that, or hey, we, you know, whatever. And, uh, and a lot of those were shown at the Bow Theater when we were just doing Godzilla Night. All right, well, this night we're going to show Destroy It, you know, or whatever. But um, mixing stuff in at the Balboa, yeah, we got all the Heisei films in, we got all the Millennium films in, uh, or Reiwa, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. They love showing Shin Godzilla. It's all, Shin Godzilla and the original Godzilla King Monsters are always big draws. Yeah. For whatever. They always get the big draw. Um, we also, we've shown all the legendary films. Yeah. At least up to King Kong or Godzilla versus yeah, Kong. Yeah. And, uh, and that was mainly because we got Michael Doherty as a guest in 2019. Yeah. And so we piled up all the legendary films. And it was pretty cool showing Godzilla King of the Monsters on a Saturday night, and he was there, and he got to introduce it. And, you know, for whatever reason, there's a lot of criticism about that film. And uh, I think he he just loved the fact that he sat there and watched it with an audience. And when the film was over, they all gave him, everybody gave him a standing ovation and asked a bunch of questions and mobbed him in the <laughs> lobby for autographs. And then he was like, a, you know, the big celebrity. And I think that made it up mm. for all the other criticism that, that he had gotten. Mm. And, uh, you know, at the end of the movie, before he went out to the lobby, he said, you know, my journey with this movie ends tonight. And thanks for coming. So basically he hasn't done an appearance with that movie anywhere else. It was mm-hmm. just, yeah, we got, and the other reason we got him was, uh, Keith and I went to the premiere down there in Hollywood and uh, we, get, we were on the basically the press junket so we got to say okay we want to introduce or we want to interview this person that person whatever and of course we said we want to interview Michael Doherty and so when we interviewed Doherty of course I'm a geek Keith's a geek Doherty's a geek so we all geeked out and uh he was surprised how many of the Easter eggs that Keith and I were able to pick out. You know? And so I told him, yeah, we're going to do a Godzilla Fest in August up in San Francisco. And he goes, well, if you can show my movie, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm, what am I going to say? No. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a, sure, that's yeah, a we'll no-brainer. Sure. No problem, man. And so I just had to like, keep in touch with like his assistant and his secretary and make sure that the schedule was clear and he was able to make it. Adam Wingard wanted to come out for Godzilla vs. Kong, but uh, I think he was shooting like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie or something. <laughs> and then this year he's he's neck deep in the the sequel. Yeah, the Godzilla sequel. Yeah. Kong. So someday when he's not doing anything, I might be able to get him up there. But <laughs> Bert and I put actually some good word in for us, and we're pretty good. <laughs> when uh, they showed, we were at G Fest one year, and they actually showed. Um, Skull Island and Bert and I actually got to go there. He actually made an appearance at the theater and did a Q and A. It was pretty cool. Cool. Um, so one thing you kind of talked about briefly, but I just wanted to ask a, a follow up to is: Are there any big differences in how licensing the films go through different studios? Like, is it night and day? Is it fairly similar? You know, it's actually not too bad. Um, 
Michael Schlesinger used to work at Sony. He used to yeah. oversee their library, and he and I are you know pretty good friends. So we've kind of kept up the relation with Sony relationship with Sony. So uh, they're pretty easy to work with. Uh, Universal, he'll they'll just rent to anybody, so they don't care. <laughs> um, and it's funny because between us and the audience, uh, we rented. King Kong vs. Godzilla for them for like the fourth or fifth time or whatever. And they had a fire down there at Universal and the prints were burned. And they hadn't oh my gosh. struck a new print yet. I think they did when they released it on Blu-ray. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they did not have a print. They're like, well, do you have something you can show? I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. So we ended up showing the Japanese version with subtitles. It's like, hey, you just asked if there's, <laughs> we got something to show. So... Um, yeah, it was, and it's funny because it was like a Saturday night, I think, and the audience was there. And I said, you know, how many people in the audience, how many of you guys have seen the original Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla? And maybe a third raised their hands. Like, well, you're going to see it tonight. <laughs> you know, that was because on the marquee, everything else, we just had King Kong versus Godzilla Saturday night. But so we kind of slipped it in there. Um, yeah, anybody else? Like I said, we did get... I think we showed Hedora. It was through Kraken. Mm. And uh, they were cool. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, all the rest. For a while, they were renting Godzilla King of the Monsters from Rialto. Yeah. And uh, the rights finally lapsed from them. And Janice is, like, so easy to work with. So, you know, the, the owner of the theater is like, Let's get more Janus films. Let's do some more Janus. You know, tell them, well, you know, they're all the, basically, they're all the, the show of stuff, and you know, it's like we showed a lot. So yeah, we'll always have a few in there, but you know, we do have to show the others as well. Yeah, we do a mix. So, um, well, uh, kind of pivoting because speaking of you know home video and uh, distribution, oh. um, now that Mill Creek's gigantic slate of Ultraman is finished. Um, you know, I don't know how well those have, have done for them. Did, do you feel optimistic about the future of Ultraman and Tokusatsu on home video here? Um, uh, yeah, well, you know, according to them, uh, it's, it did really well, which is why they're still doing things like the best of Red King. Right, right. And, you know, they're going to do some others like that. I think they have a 55th anniversary Ultra 7 set mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. The best of Ultra 7. Um, they want to do episodes of Ultraman 4K. Uh, okay. Compilation film is kind of like test the waters, I guess. But um, so, yeah, they're going to continue. Uh, I think they had everything up to RB. So. Yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, they didn't do Taiga or Z or Taiga Beyond. So, and you know, at that point, Subaru started their Ultraman channel, and those were all on there. Yeah. So, I don't know how interested they are. I think for now, they're just going to do a bunch of like kind of best of stuff and repackaged and whatever. Um, And then, you know, it's really interesting because a lot of people complain about. The ones that came out on DVD and not Blu-ray. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really the same reason why you don't see like D 
Deep Space Nine and some of the Star Trek stuff on Blu-ray. And uh, basically, everything used to be shot on film. And then the era of video came in. So everything was shot on video. Now, when it was originally stuff like in the 80s and into the 90s that was shot on video, it's not high def. It's just standard SD video. Yep. So you take an older series, you can, as long as you have film elements, you can bump that up to 4K or whatever you want because it's basically beyond that resolution-wise on film. Uh, the stuff that was shot on standard regular video, you can't really... Uh, yeah, you could update it, but it's not going to look that great. I don't know if you ever saw any of the, like, the Discotech Media stuff where there's yeah. Yeah. like 40 episodes of stuff. Unlike, yeah, on one... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see how that looks. So it actually will look better, you know, just keeping it straight DVD. Yeah. The only two that... Get to the, the newer stuff, like in the 2000s and that, then they started shooting the series, you know, in HD. And so, okay, you can go Blu-ray with those. Yeah, so the, the only two young. that confused me there were 80 and um, I think the, the Zerth. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, which I... Th- I yeah, well, those were... Subarai hadn't released them HD. Yeah, well, so yeah, that makes sense. The masters they got. So, uh, yeah, 80 was the last series to be shot on film. Mm. And then Zayath 1 and 2, of course, were movies, so those are shot on film. Um, there's always a chance they could do upgrades at some point, but they would have to wait for Subaraya to release it over there because, you know, they're the ones making all the masters and that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, here's, here's what you get. But that also meant that we couldn't show anything from those series or movies, you know, that were in that time frame because they wanted us to show everything in Blu-ray or better. Yeah. It's kind of how mm. Toho are extremely slowly <laughs> bumping yeah, all their 4K. stuff up to 4K. Yeah, right. And, and then, uh, and then, and then, yeah. I think most of those they sh- they show that on TV. And then, like, they don't put it out on Blu-ray for, like, another... Or 4K and Blu-ray for another, like, two years or whatever. Yeah, and for a long time, Toho wouldn't let companies clean stuff up. Yeah, I, I, I remember... Yeah. Uh, it might have even been you. Some, or If it wasn't you, maybe it was Keith. Someone was telling me that uh, that was a big thing with the Criterion uh, set was, like, they were like, here, take it, but, like, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. If there's scratches or there's you know dust or whatever, I mean, it, there it is. It stays there. But um, there's also, I think it's disc three of the Criterion set, where if you look at the bottom of the image, whenever there's a scene change, oh my god, it oh, dri- yeah, yeah. Dri- lines drives me crazy <laughs> around the bottom. And yeah, I mean, we all talk to them, and they're like, "Well, you know that we wanted to show the fill the full frame, and that's how Toho sent it." Because, you know, it would be easy to just crop a little on the bottom and yeah, not yeah. have that there. But, you know, they're like, eh, it's part of it. It's like, yeah. Well, but but then now you, yeah, now, because uh, I think. Now that you know, it's really distracting. Yeah. But, yeah, not, well, like now, because, um, you know, some fans, some <laughs> yeah. fans have, like, uploaded the, the um, like, the, the the restorations Toho have done since then. And sure enough, they've cropped out the splice line. <laughs> 
I mean, you're, yep. you know, you're missing a little bit of the building at the bottom or a little bit of the, you know, whatever. But Yeah, but at least that way you won't get, like, a seizure or something. I think it's Monster yeah. Zero where it's, like, so... Yeah, it's, it's so prevalent. You're just it's like, oh my god! My, it's one of my favorites, and honestly, it's frustrating to watch because I'm like, oh, every scene change, every every single one is just in your face. Well, that's me. You know, it's like Mothra vs. Godzilla is like my favorite all time. Oh, that yeah, that's, that's a one bad. of the three. And yeah. uh, even when they released it on like classic media, for whatever reason, that movie, I think when it gets to the part where uh, they're going to go out to the island the layer change would hit my DVD player like a brick wall and it would just stop. Right? <laughs> Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. And, yeah. I remember layer changes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I had to go back to, uh, what was the ones before that? The scimitar. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, okay, well at least it plays all the way through. I might think. <laughs> uh, do you feel like the market's strong enough for non Ultraman Tokusatsu shows from super eye or otherwise? To thrive, well, like we, you know, yeah. Keith tries to talk him into that all the time, like getting Mirror mm-hmm. Man or something out Dude, here. Mirror yeah, Man to me is a shirt. Yeah, I would love to see. The- um, they did Grid Man, but no other. To get those than it would be to get some of the new Ultraman. They did Grid. Did they just do Grid Man because the anime was big here? I think it just kind of slipped through with yeah. the other stuff, you know, and it's like so they did it, which I'm glad they did. I really like. I wasn't a big fan of uh, was it Superhuman Samurai? So oh yeah, yeah, the Americanization. <laughs> right. But I always yeah. enjoyed Gridman, so I was glad we got that. I um, the anime is fun if if you like anime. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely liked it. I yeah. got it. I got it on Blu-ray. So. Um. Well, we talked about you know the the that the Shin reboot cycle, which seems to be over. Um, the MonsterVerse is still going. Uh, I don't know how that's going to wind down. They still got the Apple uh, TV series and the other movie. Um, and then Toho. Did you, guys, did you guys get a chance to watch the Skull Island? Part? We did, yeah. We, 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 uh, yeah. we just put out our episode about that. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it enough. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it was good for what it was. And like I say, you know, I kind of compare it to uh, Singular Point or the Godzilla the trilogy, the animated films, and it's like, you know, I know that's kind of setting a low bar, but <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more than, than Yeah. That. Well I liked Singular Point a lot, that anime the the trilogy the that they did just I hated that. Did, yeah, no. <laughs> but, no no thank you. <laughs> I was I was actually I when I was watching I guess the third one, I was talking to Kevin on the phone and I'm like, you know, we've been talking for about ten or fifteen minutes. And Godzilla and Ghidra have been fighting, but neither one has moved at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. I loved uh, Mecha Godzilla not even like really showing up in the second movie. Mechagodzilla just the city. city. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know what is really good? I'm I'm like two episodes away from finishing it. Is season three of the Ultraman animated series on Netflix? Okay. Um, you know, it's all I like those mangas, but. Um, the third season has been like really good so far. Yeah, I am halfway through season two. I like season one well enough, um, but I've seen the trailer for season three, and like it looks like it has some some interesting ideas that are going to kind of yeah. bring everything to fruition. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I won't, I won't mention. It. And then 
they have another Ultraman cartoon coming to uh, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. yeah, movie, right? Yeah. Shannon Tyndall, who I follow on Instagram, was doing the storyboards and things for that, and uh, his style is really interesting. So okay. I want to see how it translates into an yeah. animated. Film. Um, and then yeah, Toho has their new movie uh, coming out in November. Um, I mean, being a fan of this stuff as long as you have, I mean, how do how do you feel about the current state of, of the genre and um, I guess where it's headed, where where it's going? Well, I mean, if you look at all of it, I mean, at least it's still going. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, when's the last time you saw a good Universal monster film come out? Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. The Dark Universe was a great <laughs> success. <laughs> Yep, but um, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has come and gone, and the stuff just keeps going on. I'm glad Toho's kind of getting their feet back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked the way he looked in Always Two. Mm, yeah. So yeah, and the ride, the ride, he is uh, the same guy. The ride Godzilla yeah. looks cool uh-huh. too. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to what he does with it. And I'm hoping, you know, they don't do something where he, you know, where it's a movie about something, but Godzilla happens to be in it. Right. Hopefully it's, you know, going to be a Godzilla movie. But man, they have really, I mean, Marvel and Star Wars and whatever have not been able to keep as tight a blanket over their films as Toho has with this Godzilla film. Yeah, it's... uh... It's like... The only things that have leaked are things they've kind of let. Oh, here's a couple set photos, or here's like a photo of an actor or something. You know, there's like yeah, nothing that's snuck out yet. Yeah, even Shin Godzilla. I remember early on uh, the pictures of the big puppet that they didn't use. Uh, yeah. That got leaked uh, before uh, before anything. Um, which I don't know. I mean, uh, they couldn't have been happy about that because <laughs> that was the yeah. first time any of us saw the saw Godzilla, but. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard like a cast announcement or, uh, I mean, even, even just rumors are pretty sparse. Um, well, I mean, as far as the cast, they're done, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. The movie's done. Shot. Yeah. They're Everything's just done. On the post-production stuff. And yep. Godzilla and that. So it's like, well. do you think we'll ever get back to the point where Godzilla is a man in a suit and a miniature set? Sadly, I think those days are yeah. gone. Um, will Bird just in, in the form of crowdfunded. Oh yeah, the uh, <laughs> the short <laughs> films yeah, they keep they it, keep doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Takashi Yagi, who I had hoped to get as a guest, he's doing a film called uh, Akari, mm. and that's going to probably be more old school. And then, kind of the nice thing too, though, is. Toho's been doing those short films. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Godzilla vs. Hedora and yeah. Godzilla vs. Gaigan. And uh, Shinichi Wakasa just posted some things. Yeah, they're doing the Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar yeah. suit. It's like, yeah. yes. So um, those tend to be, you know, they're lower budget. And they yeah. Tend to be, yeah, there's cool indie stuff too. Yeah, there's cool indie stuff too. Like uh, Keizo Marase is doing that um, Brush of the God movie mm, that the, is i'm looking forward to the that big orochi yeah puppet or whatever so i mean and then if you look at the ultraman stuff it's still men men and suits but it's you know 
Highlander. Yeah, yeah. The the big theatrical <laughs> stuff like yeah. Shin Ultraman. I mean, right. the Godzilla movies. Those will probably be stay CG. But yeah, I think I think on the TV side is where that's kind of going to be living from now on. Yeah, and like if you look at if you watch Always Two, and you only really have to watch the first few minutes, the opening of it, um, and you can find it on YouTube. Yep. Uh, that's going to give you a taste of what the new Godzilla is most likely going to be like. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, you know, we haven't seen the design yet. It's like, okay, are they going to yeah. totally change him again? Or is well, uh, did you see on Twitter like they've been doing a thing where every day they're tweeting a picture of the a Godzilla poster um, right. in, like, this little chart. So, like, and it's going backwards. So the first one was Shin Godzilla and then it was Final Wars and Tokyo SOS and so on. And I think today was Sea Monster, I think. And um, I'm pretty sure at the end of that countdown, uh, you know, they'll have 54. And then uh, the day after or whatever, I'm assuming they're, they're counting down to like a trailer drop or something like that. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, we're in July, right? So we're like... Yeah, it's sure. coming up <laughs> in November. Yeah. And then, you know, who knows... Who's going to pick it up or over here and how long it's going to take? Yeah. Well, Shin Godzilla didn't take that long. It re- no, it really didn't. And then That um, was a couple months or so. Yeah, it, 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 it came out in July. I want to say it came out in like late July, and then uh, we got it here in October. So, yeah, no, I... It, I God, it, it's weird that, um, but I, I think Godzilla now, um, more than even Ultraman, more than Kamen Rider, I, I think Godzilla is almost like, I don't know, it's weird to say, but I feel like Godzilla is has become so much of a commodity here in the States that it's almost a guarantee that someone, like a Fathom or whatever, yeah. at, at the very least, will release whatever yeah, they put I mean, out. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a possibility. Um, but uh, you know it's funny you know you mentioned that because you know I'm going out obviously we, we got these two shows month apart so I have like flipper cards I got Ultra Fest on one side and Godzilla Fest on the other and then I've got a poster for each show so I go around putting these things out and I give them to comic shops and you know whatever but I go to basically just general comic shops and things and it's like Oh, we've got this Ultra Fest coming up in July, and like, oh, okay, and then and we got Godzilla in August, and like, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, you know, they get all excited. I go to like Japantown or Japanese supermarkets or whatever, and I say, yeah, we got Godzilla Fest coming in August, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, and then, <laughs> we, and then we have Ultraman in July, and they like, they like, oh, <laughs> Uru and then I have to sit there for 20 minutes while they tell me all about how they grew up watching Ultraman and how important he is to them. So it's like that side of the, the ocean, it's like totally opposite. I mean, Ultraman is like everything. Yeah. Yeah. They like Godzilla, but, you know, Ultraman is like the big cheese over there. Um, Matt, were you about to say something? I was. Oh yeah, no, go for it. No, <laughs> no I was. Uh, uh, I was actually. We're as we're kind of wrapping up. Um, Bert, I'm going out of order on our little list, but uh, let's talk about just social media. Where can people find and keep up with you and your podcast and all the things? Well, obviously, uh, Keith and I are the co-owners of Sci-Fi Japan, so you can find that at sci-fi-japan.com. 
There's also a Sci-Fi Japan Facebook page. And uh, Bay Area Film Events, which we do all the shows under. Uh, you can go to bayareafilmevents.com. We try to get BAFE.com, but it, it's owned by, like, British authorized fire extinguishers or something. <laughs> but, so you got to do the whole big thing, bayareafilmevents.com. And uh, everything is there. Or if you get, if you want to go direct, we've got bayareafilmevents.com slash GodzillaFest and bayareafilmevents.com slash Ultraman. And uh, you can go right direct to the pages and, and check out what, what you want. Um, and we also have a Bay Area Film Events Facebook page, Instagram. And then uh, the other venture would be the Planet 8 podcast. And uh, we're on Podbean and Apple and Spotify and all the places you can find uh, your favorite podcasts on. Or you can go to planet8podcast.com and uh, that'll take you directly to the Podbean page. And then we've got Twitter and we've got Instagram and we've got Facebook and all that for Planet 8 as well. And we're just starting, I think we've got three or four like video episodes now. Okay. So we used to do YouTube, we would just take like a graphic and slap it over the audio and there, there you go, watch it on YouTube. So we figured, well, crap, well, let's just, you know, show our faces and own up to all this stuff. So <laughs> so Larry Kakos and Karen Walker and I were all all up there for everyone to see. And uh, I, we just, no, we just did one on Indiana Jones. And uh, I have to go edit as soon as I'm done here tonight. But, um, yeah, so it'll be cool if it, there's also there's a there's a show called creature features yep. back here in the day creature features basically got us into doing all this stuff it wasn't if it wasn't for bob wilkins and creature features we wouldn't be doing these shows and podcasts and everything else and uh there's a new version of that creature features with uh vincent van Dahl and tangela and living mr livingston and uh they're on YouTube and they're on uh, they've got their own apps on uh, on Fire TV and on uh, Roku and they're on Vimeo and what have you and uh, I just was up there on Thursday shooting an episode guest spot on there so that one will be coming out on uh, July 22nd you can uh, watch it live on YouTube or you can look at it later Um, the movie well you know Usually they try. Usually they let me pick the film. I was on there the first time I was on there. We did Destroy All Planets, the Gamera film. The second time I was on there with Larry from the podcast, and we did The Master. Mm. <laughs> uh, this one I was on again by myself, and we did Have Rocket Will Travel, which uh, for those who don't know was a Three Stooges film. I called it like Three Stooges Light because it's Mo, Larry, and Curly Joe. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun film. They found a really nice print of it. So otherwise, you can kind of fast forward through the film and <laughs> check out all the guest segments. But uh, that's always fun to do. All right. Well, um, once again, uh, if you are in the San Francisco area, uh, you got Ultra Fest coming right up 
uh, July 21st through 23rd at the Four Star Theater uh, with Dore Kraus and a whole crap ton of Ultraman movies and TV shows and all kinds of other exciting stuff. And you'll get a bunch of free stuff. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then August 18th through 20th at the Balboa Theater, you have Godzilla Fest returning uh, with Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 93, um, uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon, Gorgo, Pacific Rim, and uh, it sounds like some other exciting stuff to be announced, so stay tuned to the Bay Area Film Event social medias. And uh, yeah, Bob, is there anything uh, uh, anything else you feel like uh, plugging at the moment? Any projects you're working on or anything besides the well, uh, you know, the shows are taking up all the time now, and then we're keeping the podcast going. We just right. episode one twenty three, so there's plenty there. So we do that twice a month, so that keeps me busy. All right, well, and, Bob. Uh, uh, Thanks again for coming on. It's always a pleasure to, to catch up with you. And, um, no problem. Yep, and everyone at home, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time. 